My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good. Welcome to Our Sunday School. Uh, I apologize to those of you online. I just now clicked the Go Live button. So, good morning and welcome to Our Sunday School. I have a checklist and everything. Literally, I have a checklist. It's crazy. I'm glad God's uh, grace and mercy is sufficient for that too, right? There we go. So we're in Mark chapter 13 today. I am excited about this. Here we go. New chapter today. So if you, if you are new to our Sunday school, uh, the way a new chapter works is we walk through our study process. So if you've got your handout, uh, it's a one-page handout today. So all of our, uh, our process from talking about the Bible. So we will walk through the pray, hear, think, talk, share today in class. And then the invite is our uh, homework uh, as well. So we'll, as we go through each one of the sections, we will do that particular thing uh, as tables, as groups. Uh, and then this will give us a good introduction into Mark chapter 13. Now, Mark chapter 13 is an interesting chapter inside the whole book of Mark because virtually the entire thing is prophecy. And if you have been in this class for any length of time, you know how I feel about prophecy. So how do I feel about prophecy? It makes me nervous. (laughs) It makes me very, very nervous, right? I, I think about prophecy the way the best advice I ever got with golf. You can probably count on one hand the number of times in the last 20 years I've ever talked about golf because I stink at golf. I have never broken 100 on a par 72, 18 holes. Like that's, that's the level we're talking about. But the first 20, 30 times I played, I, not breaking 100 is very bad if you don't play golf, uh, by the way. Very, it's like shockingly bad. Small children do better than, I mean, it's, it's really, really bad. And uh, the first several dozen times I played, I played with my dad. And uh, I would leave the ranch. We were very poor, so we played bad courses at odd times, usually in the rain, because we'd get discounts. I mean, it was just this whole mess, right? And didn't have any really good equipment. And I would grip the club a certain way so that by the time the end of the round ended, I had blisters all over my hands. And, uh, and then I was like, well, he, you're, he said, you're holding the club wrong. He's like, okay, you're holding the club wrong, it's fine. He said, well, you should do, hold it like this. All right, hold it like this. Blisters in the round. He said, well, you should wear gloves. I wore gloves. Blisters in the round. It was like just like, what in the world's going on here? I don't understand. So then I got a copy of Harvey Pinnock's Little Red Book. So you, you're familiar with this book? This is like the classic golf book. Da, 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 da. There's a line in there that was spectacularly profound and helped me with my handling of prophecy. He said, hold the club like you would hold a live bird. Can't let it get away, but you can't strangle it to death. And for me, that has always been, like I'm connecting two really disparate domains here, right? But for me, that has been a very, very helpful lens to look at prophecy through. It is scripture. We thank God for that. But I am not going to strangle it to death. And if you... and. There will be some, let me look at the ceiling, there will be some, perhaps in this room or online, 
that want me to strangle it to death. I'm not going to strangle it to death. So um, I won't go as far as to say that my eschatology lines up with Bill Brandenburg. His is uh, God will work it all out in the end, full stop. <laughs> and that is the full declaration of his eschatology, which I think is a bit vague. We could probably go a little more detail than that. But, uh, but we're going to hold the club like we would hold a live bird. So long intro this morning, but I just wanted you to have that as a preface before we even get into where we're going. So our question that we ask each week, so this would be reflective of the first 12 weeks that we have, uh, first 12 weeks, <laughs> telling me another, right? This is week 123, 124, what is it? 124? It may be 123. I think it's 123. I think I got the PowerPoint wrong. So again, this is what you're getting today, folks. Here we go. No refunds. Uh, so week 123. Uh, so this question will be reflective of the first 12 chapters of Mark's gospel. So what has God been doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? What has God been doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? Going once, twice, here we go. Let's jump in. So let's go ahead and uh, pray. This is not something I typically do in Sunday school. Uh, I usually explain this about once a year, but we're going to walk through the process. So this, what we're doing today is from a series we taught uh, late 2018, I think, before we started going into Mark, uh, talking about the Bible. So how do you, like, how do you talk about the Bible? What is the what is a biblical or a Bible-informed process to think about how to talk about the Bible? Um, and we see in the scripture that prayer and an attitude of fear and dependence and expectancy on the Lord, uh, praying for illumination, for wisdom, for hearing for the hearers, and really just praying before we talk. Uh, when we look at scripture, we see far better outcomes of those who seek God's counsel before we engage in anything as opposed to those who do not seek God's counsel and then engage. So we will, we will ask God to help us now for what we are about to do for this rest of this chapter 13. So pray with me, if you will. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you've given it to us. We thank you that it's reliable. We thank you that it speaks of Jesus. We thank you that we can know you through it. And we thank you that you have made it understandable for us. Not that we will understand all of your ways, but we can understand the part of you and your ways that you desire us to know now. And we thank you for that. We ask you for help. We acknowledge our dependence upon you. We clearly and unequivocally state that we can do nothing apart from your strength. We ask for the Spirit to help us here to shine a light and illuminate the word so that we can understand you better and know what you would have us to do better so that we can be lights for you. And uh, we just thank you for an opportunity and a place to come and to do that. Uh, we are humbled that you would allow us to do it, and we thank you for it. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. 
So step number two is to hear, uh, and it is quite simply to hear God's word. Uh, I, I will tell you, I have had a lot of conversations about the Bible in my life, and a great number of them have been resolved just from, well, what does the text actually say? Can we just go back and can we just read the text and listen to what the text actually says? Uh, and it is shocking how I can misremember something that I have read over and over and over and over and over. And when you go back and you actually look at the words, oh, it didn't say that, did it? Or it did say that. Oh my, either way. So I'm going to read through Mark chapter 13. Uh, it's a bit of a shorter chapter compared to some of the other chapters in Mark. So we'll read through the entire thing. And then we will uh, go to step number three. And if you want to just listen, that's great. If you want to read along, that's great. I have found that there is a different, there's a different experience just listening to God's word versus reading and listening to God's word. So feel free to pick either one. Mark chapter 13. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be one, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all those things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to the councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down or enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as it has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, whom he chose, to shorten the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. 
and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he suddenly come and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. I have read this text several times this week in preparation for reading it in front of you. And uh, I have thought several times, so I'll just get the irony out of the way, right? If, if you were to fall asleep during a Bible study studying Mark chapter 13, how awful that would be. So I'm going to get that joke out of the way. There we go. We're done. If that crossed your mind. It crossed my mind a couple times this week. Uh, but Mark chapter 13. So do you see, I'll, I'll just point out a, two things real quick. Do you see that Jesus is very forward-looking in all of his talk in this chapter? This is a forward-looking text. Uh, so I'll point out that. And then I also want to point out, do you notice, and you could probably hear it in the English. You don't even need to be told in the Greek. But there are a number of future indicatives. Like something in the future that is going to happen. This will happen. This will happen. This will happen. This will happen. And before we, we start walking through the activities this morning in class, I just want us to take a second and be very grateful that we serve a Savior who knows the future and knows what is going to happen and will not abandon us through any of it. And that is a beautiful takeaway. So if, if you are like me and prophecy is not quite your jam, then you might think that, well, like how quickly can we get through Mark 13? Um, well, well, we'll move at the right pace, but don't let the winds and the hows cover up the who. Like Jesus is going to be with us, full stop. Jesus knows the future, full stop. Like these are beautiful, wonderful truths. So don't miss these massive truths in the, well, what's the desolation of abomination? You know, like, okay, we can... There's rabbit holes we can go down here, so and we will, but all in due time. So that's process step number two uh, to hear. Step number three is to think. So I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes here. Uh, what I would encourage you to do is there are, uh, so Jesus foretells destruction of the temple, verses 1 and 2, verses 3 through 13, uh, signs of the end of the age, 14 through 23, the abomination of desolation, 24 through 27, coming of the Son of Man, 28 through 31, the lesson of the fig tree, and then 32 through 37, no one knows that day or hour. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six different sections, uh, the ESV headers here, six different sections of Scripture. What I would encourage you to do is to pick one of those, 
and to think for just a couple of minutes. So what's going on here? What do you observe? What questions do you have? And just to think. So I'm going to give you uh, a couple of thoughts about how we do this. So with humility, with wonder, with steadfastness, we think about God's word day and night. We think up. We think about God when we think about God's word. Please don't think about it from a, like, what does this say to me? And how does this impact me? Like, there's not nearly as much me stuff in scripture as American Christians like to believe. There's a whole lot of we stuff in scripture, but very little me stuff in scripture. And I would argue that Mark chapter 13 is almost exclusively we stuff. So when you think about what do we do with this, that's great, but let's keep it we, not necessarily uh, me. So I'll give you a couple minutes, uh, pick a section, think, write down questions, observations, uh, and we will come back in, let's say, four minutes.
So the Bible has a word for what this is. What's the fancy Bible word? For thinking about the Bible? Meditation, yes, that's what it is. You notice we didn't have to hum. Humming is optional, crossing your legs is optional. Doing fun things with your fingertips is optional, right? Um, yeah, this is just thinking about the Bible. And I will tell you that our, our modern Bibles can be wonderfully distracting or they can be wonderfully helpful in this process. So if I hold up my copy of the scripture, the one that I've used to study Mark, um, there's all kinds of stuff on both sides of the page and footnotes at the bottom. And that can be really, really helpful, right? But the reader copies that I gave you guys, it's the text and the verse numbers, which I think can also be really, really helpful to keep us from getting distracted on lots of different things. So I would say that there's an argument to be made that there's a time and place for different tools for different purposes. Uh, and the irony here is that Dave Barber is in the room and I'm in the room and I'm the one talking about tools, right? So uh, Dave, if you had to, if you had to grade me on my ability to use tools, he, he's laughing and then he stifled a smile. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. right? Uh, but there's a wide variety of things that can help us. One of the things that can help us are the people around us, right? They can really shed light and insight on what is actually going on with some of these things. So the next section here is to talk. And I wanna, I wanna take a slight twist on this today what I would love to do is for us to share our questions. So what questions did you have about the passage that you thought about? And I'm gonna ask, we'll flex another option here. I would ask that nobody answer. This is just sharing questions. Okay, so what this will do is this will take all the stress off of anybody from, well, I think this might be a dumb question. Nope, it's not. It is not. Okay, so no stress on anybody to answer any question. I just want you to share what questions do you have about the passage that you read, that you thought about. All right, so we'll give you four or five minutes to, to do that. And feel free to ask questions on questions. When you hear somebody ask a question like, oh, well, that... That brings up another question, yes, but nobody gets, nobody gets to answer. You may begin.
All right, I'll give you about another minute and a half, two minutes. Keep asking questions. Questions only. All right, so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did anybody at your table ask a question that you hadn't thought of? Yes, so I say yes back there. Yeah? 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 Cool. So what does that tell us about studying God's Word? Yeah, yeah, we're past the question part now. This is the share part. We are officially in step five, sharing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some of you little legalists back there is like, oh no, we can't answer. That's right. It's good. 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 <gasps> what? What? How many gospels do we have? Four. I, I would say Exhibit A is the New Testament itself, right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, are we better at questions and engaging the text than, and I put this in your first person, than me? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Can you please show me any place in the New Testament where God directs us to go study the Bible independently and alone? Thank you for your correct answer. See, we have this tendency to, well, I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to get my questions answered, and now I feel great. And that's actually not the way all this was designed. Because right? if, you, if, you, if we have that mindset, then we don't need church, we don't need engagement, we don't need other people. I'm the body of Christ on my own. Thank you very much. Check, please. Right? And that's not how he set this up. Um, so I'll give you a second to think about what were some questions that you heard at your table that you didn't think of that you want to volunteer? Like, this was a really cool question. Maybe we should look at trying to answer that as we go through Mark chapter 13. Yes, Jessica? So, um, you don't have to identify who asked the question either. No stress, no pressure. This is... Yep, verse 2. And there was a question about um, 
Yes. Good question. Good question. So there are still stones left standing in Jerusalem today in 2021. So has this been fulfilled? Good question. Really good question. Okay. Other good questions? Questions that popped up at your table? Verse 30, when he says this generation will not pass away. Yeah, what's the question? Makes it sound like this will all happen while that generation is alive. Yes. Good. So what's the question? What generation? There we go. Thank you. <laughs> I did this activity a year and a half ago-ish. And there was a gentleman sitting in your exact seat who I had to ask this process. Y'all are going to try to go back and figure out who this was now. Uh, who I had to ask this process six times before we got to like, here's the, yes, that's the question. Good. Um, it, there is an, an, an immense gift that we give to ourselves when we don't rush past these like thoughts that pop in and we stop and we hang out and we think and we think and we go study and we talk to people and don't just write, like we got to slow down considerably as we engage with scripture. So excellent question. Excellent question. It is on my list. That question is on my list. Other questions that have popped up. The right side of the room is doing well today. Those left wingers, I tell you, you know, I don't know about now. Sorry. <laughs> Why is the scripture so vague right here? Yes, that is a fantastic question. Zeke, what question did I ask you when I heard you ask that question? You remember? You remember? There's more than five minutes. There's more than five minutes, yes. I asked, do you think, do you think that was on purpose? Yeah. Ah, here we go. Now we're getting there. Good. Let's piggyback. Were there other things told to the disciples that are not recorded here in Scripture that we don't have access to because they're not in the actual New Testament? Mm, good question. Good question. Other questions? Yes. You see how fun this is? So stop for just a second. Do you see how freeing it is to not have to answer the question? Like We put way too much stress on performance and a lot. I'm Jim, I'm standing here, so I have to have all the answers. <laughs> you have come to the wrong room, let me tell you that. <laughs> and I hope there's not another teacher in this building that's trying to have that attitude, but this is not the right place. So, yes, ma'am. I think even if it hadn't been vague, if it had been extremely detailed, if Jesus, um, anyway, verse 11, where he talks about the, when, when they arrest you, That's right. It's just, um, my question would be is, is, was it the day of Pentecost that all these golden pieces of the puzzle that Jesus was telling them throughout his whole ministry came together as a sense of the Holy Spirit brought it together? Good question. So wait, so you're telling me, I got a question for you. So you're telling me 
that we can, when we're thinking about one part of Scripture, we can also think about another part of Scripture and how they're connected maybe or maybe not. Wow, that seems fun. Yeah. Other questions? Who is he and why is he standing in the wrong place? Yes. So I tell you what I love. Here's two things I love about your question. Pulled directly from the text and you used words in the text to frame the question. There are a lot of questions that we can come up with about the text that add stuff to the text and make assumptions. But the ESV says it's a he and it does says it does say he is standing where he ought not be. Excellent questions. Right, directly interrogating what the text explicitly says. I would say that is, I've never thought about levels of this, but this is like, what do these words explicitly refer to? Right, good, good, excellent. Yes, Dave? So, taking questions, right? Yeah. Yes? Here we go. Come on now. We can combine questions? This is about to get complicated. So what has to happen for both of these things to be true at some point in the future, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Good question. All right. Mitch, you're dying over there. So what's your question? You good? All right. Cool. You you were... (laughs) There we go. Now, I, I I will tell you, I have taught this process as linear. It is not a linear process. The way my process typically works before I stand here and do step number five, share, is one, two, 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 one, two, 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 one, two, two, one, two, three for a couple of weeks, four, and then back to two and one and three. It's, I do a lot of jumping back and forth. The steps numbered are intended to imply the minimum that we should check before we start talking about God's word. It is not intended to imply that it does not have some recursive components to it where you're kind of going back and back and back and back. So, um, yes, that's great. (laughs) Good, good, good. Do you feel like you have resolution right now? Excellent. That's where I wanted you. That is the end of today's lesson. (laughs) Part of my job is to help create an environment where you want to know a little more. And the great news is God wrote it down. (laughs) How awesome is that, right? We don't have to wonder. This is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So as we walk through these steps, remember our attitudes and our actions, they matter. How we engage with each other matters. This is important. Uh, and our in-class practice, what we did today, we prayed, we helped, we heard, we thought, we talked, we shared. 
And the after-class practice is to invite somebody who's a member and a non-member. So that is our next job. That is what we are supposed to do. Uh, so that's the lesson for today. This is week 123, no matter what the PowerPoint said, because I can't count, apparently. I'm so excited about next week, which starts chapter 13. The handout's already there. It's on OurSundaySchool.com as well. Uh, but you can pick that up on the way out to start getting ready to think and study and pray and read and hear about next week's text. So we'll transition into our prayer time. You should have a weekly update at your table. Uh, so if you've got any prayer requests, you can write them down on here. Uh, for those of you online, you can put them in the comments. And so lean in, engage, pray for somebody not with you, and then uh, hang out and go and worship this one who will not leave us because he knows the future. And not that the text is a distraction, but don't let what we don't know distract us from who we do know. That is the point. He is the hero of this chapter as well. So with that, thanks for coming to Sunday School today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.